All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Synapse Philosophy Group. We are on principle number nine, page 250 in Stevenson's Senior Text. And we're breaking it down and discussing it. And uh, you can send messages for people who are listening to this in Brazil and um, Mexico and all of Europe. You know, I've sent me, send me some questions or, you know, we'll present them to the group. I've gotten a few and, I've, uh, and we'll start sharing some of them. So right now we're going to start. We've got our, uh, our, our master reader, Alan uh, Lichter, ready to go. And uh, I'm going to turn over the microphone to Alan. Go ahead. All right. Principle number nine uh, from the senior text of Stevenson. Uh, the amount of force created by innate, by stumbling already. The amount of force created by intelligence, principle number nine. The amount of force created by intelligence is always 100%. Force is an in immaterial thing. There's nothing to prevent intelligence from creating all it wants of it. But intelligence being perfect, therefore incapable of incorrect action, creates the requisite amount, no more, no less. The amount of force created by innate in the brain cell is the proper amount to perform a specific act, no more, no less. Hence, 100%. The amount created a moment later for the same tissue cell may not be as much or the same quality, but would be exactly suitable for the occasion. This shows the law of adaptation. Okay. Anybody have any input on that? Alan, what'd you get out of it? Well, you know, it talks about, again, at the very end, of, and I highlighted the law of adaptation because the, the innate is constantly adapting the forces that come into it. And somebody, I think Danny Knowles had a question up online this week that's, that it was like, when does the adjustment happen? And I, and I wrote something to the effect of the, the adjustment happens anytime innate adapts a... A, a force that comes into the body, an undefined force that may be a destructive, that sort of destructive survival values and adapts it to be a usable force to a constructive survival value that's allowed to assist the body in, in assuming a higher level of health. A chiropractic adjustment occurs, which is different from an adjustment which can occur to, with any force that happens Bingo. to the body that a chiropractic adjustment is when a chiropractic thrusts into a body and introduces a force to the best of our educated ability to put in some force that the as close to what innate can use and she still has to adapt that force to make it you to, to find what she can use and use and make it an adaptable force for that uh, to create a constructive survival value for the body and that's the adjustment when adapt, innate adapts the force for use in the body. So I answered that same question. And I said, when we get out of the way, <laughs> we get ourselves out of the way. And I think we, once we really realize that we're not the adjuster, we're the introducer of, of force. Right. And right. Uh, you know, for us, you know, the one thing people, you know, this goes back to even the subluxation, you're still 100% with the subluxation. This one, I think, is one of the most important ones. Innate, there is never less 
innate in your body. Your body's right. you, God's not speaking less to you because you're subluxated. It's still 100% all the time. It's just the adaptive forces are different during the subluxation. The body's adapting to other internal and external forces and trying to cope with those forces. And once we take out a variable in a way, right, we're helping the body adapt to that variable, then there's clarity. And, you know, the, um, I look, look at it as efficiency of energy. Now the system's working more efficient. Um, the subluxation may be, uh, may be an adaptation that was applied by innate, if you will, um, at a time when it was as the best adaptation possible at the moment and may need, and, and that outside force is again necessary to allow innate to adapt the subluxation out of, out of the way. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we've discussed the subluxation. The subluxation is coming from us. And we're not the victims of it. Very, you know, small percentages from the outside, like a, get hit by a bus or, you know, drop an anvil on your head or something. But, uh, you know, that to me is a communication from innate saying here, adjust me here. I need some help there. This is the point. And if anything, and it's also, you know, the, the protection, maybe there's an overstimulation and we need to slow down actions at your pancreas for the moment. And this is the way we are able to do it for the moment. Sometimes it might get stuck. Maybe I'm thinking even in a feedback loop and uh, we need, it's unable to adapt. Um, or, you know, you talk about the, 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 if you, if the sequelae to a subluxation is sometimes in the spine, a spur starts to form, right? And you get it because that's the longer term effect of the, of, of that being there. And, that can't, that's not going to go away instantaneously, but it is able to be reabsorbed over time when interference is removed and the innate can start to adapt and heal and start to remove that calcium deposit that is no longer needed to stabilize that area. But that area might not actually have a full sub, be a subluxation. It might, it might be not need to be adjusted. No. Right. No. It might be a fixation, which, you know what? Mobilizing a fixation has value. Okay. And I'm not saying that is honestly, that is what you call a manipulation because the adjustment has a nerve component, right? Because you're adjusting yes. the subluxation, but in having a, uh, you know, I've had even in my neck, just, you know, mobilizing an area of someone adjusting a, a, a fixation in a facet because you can't have a subluxation in a facet. There's no nerve component. Um, again, value at the moment of, of relief but a subluxation, adjusting that subluxation, there is a nerve component affecting the central nerve system. Yeah. What else? How about you, Marina? Did you get anything out of this? Um, I think it's hard for people sometimes to know that we have the limitations of matter. Sometimes people come um in such a need of help but they need also to learn uh, that their body is intelligent but at some point some actions of their lives 
are not gonna do everything for them because all of that. Yeah, when something's screaming, ah, help me, and you want it to go away in, in one minute, you know, and it might have taken 30 years to get there, you know, I, Jesus might have done it, but I can't, I, you know, there's limitation to matter. And then you're drinking four or five Diet Pepsis a day, and, uh, or I have one, I have two people in my office, and I think this is awesome. Both of them are drinking the equivalent of two, two liter bottles. So four liters a day of Diet Coke. I can't believe it. And they're both quitting. That's like quitting crack cocaine, you know, or worse, probably. And I'm really proud of them. And they're, they're taking charge of the life. Now they're adjusted. You know, it makes that mental switch. I want to feel better and be better in my life. So they're making that conscious switch for themselves that you can't tell somebody, go lose weight, fatso, you know? They have to get to that own thing. They've been told they're chubby or husky their entire life. If we love them enough, adjust them emotionally, spiritually, physically, things change in their life. And like Alan said last week, you know, when people say, oh, nothing's happening. So what's changed in your life? What's new with you? What's happened? And they usually come up with something like, well, you know, I've been sleeping better and I haven't snapped at my children and I let my husband move back in the house or whatever it is, you know because um, lives change. It's not just the crick in the neck or the pain in the back. I had a patient came in and said, that, I had a patient come in and say, my wife says I'm nicer now that I'm getting adjusted. Yeah. I've had wives come back in. They said, my husband said they're not, he's not coming back, but he's coming back. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> he's coming back. He's a much better person when he gets adjusted. <laughs> But, yeah. but men are, go ahead, Marina. Uh, most, most of the times, people just want to run away from their problems than to facing them. Oh my gosh, you hit the biggest somebody thing else in the to world. fix us, and they want and they want us to fix them. And that's the hard part is that we have to make sure they understand we're not going to fix them; they fix them. You know, and that's even BJ. He mentions that left and right all through the texts. That, you know, once we start taking credit for it because, hey, you're the big guy or the big girl, you help somebody do it. But in reality, you know, we move the bone, you give them the credit. And uh, I think that's what truly builds a practice, too, is getting ourselves out of the way. You know, we had a, you know, we're talking about people now. And I had a woman come in today. She hasn't been in a year. She bought two plans for herself, right? One for her husband, one for her. He never used it. We just let her use it. And then she used five and uh, has been gone for two years, came back today, has been through unimaginable stuff from the Mayo Clinic to all the big name clinics that made millions on her Medicare and said, I don't know what's wrong with you. You have PTSD. Here's your drugs. Right. She came in today and I said, you know, God guided you here. She goes, you're right. I have no idea why I just came here. I just drove here out of being everywhere on all the drugs, antidepressants. And I adjusted her. I toggled her is what I did. And she just started crying. And I just gave her a hug for a minute. And I said, we're working with you, not just your bones and your brain and your skin, but you as a person and everything can change. And I'm going to, I'm going to be here with you. And for me, you know, sometimes it takes a second to say I'm, I'm on your team, you know, like I'm, we have taking responsibility for these people. 
We have to take responsibility for them. And, uh, you know, it's not always easy. And sometimes we cry. And that's why even having this so we can let it go we're around our philosophy and get our our juice on, you know. So I had a big day today. It was emotional is what it was. The whole day was emotional people because maybe I'm so emotional is what it is. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, I don't know, Marina, you, I don't know if you, you Hague probably have heard this, but Marina, you may not know that at one time, um, uh, Dr. Mayo's wife was very sick and, had, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And, and Mayo brought her to BJ at the, at the BJ clinic and BJ adjusted her. And I don't remember the whole story. I wish I, I did right now, but, but she clearly got better. And for a long time, chiropractors, if they needed to go to the Mayo Clinic, could go for free because he had saved the life of, 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 of Dr. Mayo's wife. That's no longer the case, but that's a story from our past that I'm sure is fading from most people's memories. So I want to pass that on to you, Marina. So you know the story. And that's in the, I think it's in the bigness of the fellow within. I think where that's, it might be in there in a couple different books, actually. It might be, yeah. And I, that's, yeah. People don't, you know, we have a long history of, of, of helping many different people and many kinds of people. And it's, it's our responsibility. And that's where, you know, we have to just even step up to protect this profession. My yes. wife worked hard before any group, even before the ICA, anyone, and you know, in protecting rights in Brazil, because Brazil was the very first country to actually declare chiropractic as a separate profession from physical therapy or anything. It was a distinct profession, and that's kind of lost right now in Brazil already. I'd like to find that precedent in that court proceeding about that, and I think it was around 2011, maybe 2010, because 2012 we were fighting the CCE. And we were trying to roll that in, but it just gets pushed aside so quickly. And uh, but my wife was really, you know, in the forefront of that. We should have that everywhere in the world where we're really we're we're in, in some worlds. We're a technique of physical therapists do chiropractic is a technique of physical terrorism is what I call it. <laughs> and so in preserving what we have remaining separate and distinct you know, it is such a key element that you are a chiropractor. We are chiropractors. You're receiving chiropractic from a master chiropractor, not a somebody that took a two-week course, right? So, you know, preserving it. In Brazil or anywhere, just teaching and doing this podcast, we do this to preserve it. You know, we're going through 33 principles. We're going through D.D. Palmer. It's already happening, you know? It is part of this. So, yeah, I think that's that's an extremely important part of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Why we've been doing it for almost two years now. All right. Anybody else? Dave, starting off, you're walking in the dark. I like it. All right. Hey, let's hey, do hey. principle number 10. Alan, you ready? I'm ready. All right, the function of force, principle number 10, the function of force is to unite intelligence and matter. We would never know there is such a thing as intelligence since it is abstract, unless it is shown to us by matter that is, that is expressed. Matter cannot exist without the attention of intelligence. 
Structures of matter cannot exist without the building forces of intelligence. Structures of matter cannot continue to exist without the maintenance by intelligence. This is accomplished by the application of force by intelligence. This force is the connecting link or bond between intelligence and matter. And once again, I, we need to remember this force is not physical force at this point. It's it's an in life force. Uh, it's a it's a life force. It's a it's, it's an intangible force, not a not not measured in 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 pressure type of force that you that your muscles make. Well, you know, we're talking about a universal force and energy, life force, um, and creating more life, replicating cells, breaking them out, you're breaking them down, you know, getting them out of the body. And, uh, you know, the difference between a rock, there is, there is a universal intelligence there. There are chemical bonds, there are, you know, uh, you know uh, molecular bonds, but it's not reproducing itself. It's not recreating new rock. And where we have intelligence in matter, a living being is creating itself and healing itself and separate and replicating itself. And that intelligence is necessary, is the necessary force. It cannot exist without building structures of matter cannot exist without the building forces of intelligence. And when this is the part, really, these these last two um, uh, principles if the medical world honored that understanding, right, we would have a whole different concept of medicine in this world, allowing the body to heal itself. Give it, give it a chance. So I think we're in a, we're in a critical point in chiropractic, and I'm excited about this. Anybody else? It, the analogy I like to use, Hag, is a tree is alive and is adapting to its environment. You cut it down and cut a board out of it and you make a desk out of it, it's still wood. It still maintains its integrity. The intelligence is still present that maintains its integrity. The innate intelligence of the tree is no longer present. It doesn't adapt any longer. So you've got this, the wood is still maintained. It's still the same wood as was in the tree but you've got so the universal intelligence is present. The innate intelligence is no longer present in that, in that dead piece of wood. You know, it's like going back and saying, you know, go get a frozen Purdue chicken and shove some antibiotics in it and go get some B complex and whatever. And uh, you see if it'll come back to life. You know, it's, it's, it's just concept, matter at that point. The innate intelligence no longer being present, I think is what got me through anatomy lab. Yeah, because <laughs> I said, OK, this is just, you know, there's an there's universal intelligence. It still has the shape of a human body, but the rest of that's gone. I can. I, I, and that's what got me through that. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Not, yeah. <laughs> Marina, do you have to in Brazil, do you guys have anatomy classes like with a cadaver with a dead body? We don't have cadavers itself it's more like uh, pieces of uh, structures that uh, uh, simulate bones right. and muscles okay 
Because now in the labs, classes. I know at Life University they have like you know an iPad. Pick out what this is. You know, it's not even any corpses anymore. (laughs) I don't think that's bizarre. That's that's not fair, really. Um, I wanted to take the atlas home. They wouldn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. All right. So let's go on. Let's do uh, principle number 11. All right. So just so we don't miss it, effectively what that last principle is also talking about is is a lead into later, into a little bit later where we talk about the triune. Okay. The, um, all right. So number 11, character of universal forces. And I, I think this one's interesting too. The forces of universal intelligence are manifested as physical forces are un, unswerving and unadapted and have no solicitude for structures of matter. Bodies actuated by physical forces will not go one iota out of their way to dodge anything in their paths. Things actuated by these forces may be injured or destroyed by their rigor. There is not the slightest variation of their amounts, qualities, or direction in order to protect a single thing. They are antipodal to adaptive forces. However, the student must not conclude from this that universal intelligence is maliciously destructive. It is but the working of the great cycle, the plan of universal intelligence, that this is this be so. In order to maintain life, universal intelligence, by putting localized portions of itself in matter, builds up structures in order that they may be something to tear down. What would happen eventually if no structure was ever torn down? It is clear that creation would cease and there would be no further life. For structures must be destroyed in order that living things continue to live. A little thought will show that every bit of food we eat or have eaten is organic matter, vegetable or animal. It matters not which, but have had innates and have been deprived of their lives in order that we might live. Another thought, suppose all the people who have lived in all the thousands of years we're living now. It is not possible that the entire surface of the earth would be covered several layers deep with their bodies. Let us compare your watch to one of innate structures for an analogy. This watch is made of molecules and atoms, which are just as valuable to innate intelligence as the elemental state as they are in the structural state. The structure, however, was of value to the factory which made it and is to you who possess it. In the hands of both, it gets extreme care you do not thrust it, in, it to the tender mercies of universal laws by leaving it outdoors in all kinds of weather, by putting it in water or letting it fall. You keep it carefully in your pocket, suspended on a chain or in its case. At every instant of its structural existence, you keep it in a safe place and see that it is repaired when it needs it. To be convinced of what universal laws will do to a tissue cell, the structure valued by innate, You should take your watch, a structure valued by you, and hold it over a hard floor or stone and let the law of gravity have it for a fraction of a second. The keys will always drop, Dr. Sid used to say. uh, It's uh, interesting that we now understand that all 
that we are made up of and everything on this planet is made up of stardust. All the atoms in the universe were created in, in, the, in the furnaces of, of, of stars. And, and, and therefore, that's how, those, that's how they build up. The, the different all the cells on the in the all the all the atoms on the in the chart of elements are all built up from one to two to four to eight all through the system are all built in the in the bellies of stars and as stars explode billions of years ago they created other planets would form and other stars and then ultimately we are all all the cells in our bodies and everything we eat are all made up of stardust How's that for a thought process from universal to, to innate? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that is, uh, you know, the, you know, thinking about what universal force is, is, you know, bodies actuated by physical force will not go in one iota out of their way to dodge anything in their past. Things actuated by those forces may be injured or destroyed by their rigor. There is not the slightest variation in their amount of quality. Universal intelligence is 100% as well. And, you know, when we talk about the creation of all the cosmos, that stardust, all those universal forces all together, we're a finite portion of that. Go ahead, Marina. Um, this made me think something is actually a question. Um, if this for me is really beautiful to think about all this universal laws, but if we think about the innate intelligence, does it mean that we have kind of a survival mode that some, maybe uh, the innate intelligence would not worry about other people's innate intelligence, like uh, our body would only care about itself besides others because we are always trying to uh, build things inside of us and being constructive and we have these destructive forces. I don't know if you got this question. I think that, no, I think that innate, in, innate is global. Innate is shared. Do you ever walk into a room and get a sense of the room, Marina? You have a yeah. feeling when you walk in a room with a bunch of people? Sometimes yeah. it's good, sometimes it's like, hmm, I don't know if I want to be here. That's yeah. your innate is interacting with all the all the energy that's already in that room from all those other people. And it's and again, it's working to determine if this is good for me or bad for me. Is this can I how do I adapt to this situation? But it's uh, but we share innate in us is the same as the my innate is is a part of the same innate that's in Haig and in you and in David. And when we're together, we we share that energy and we're always working to help each other. There's some people's educated brains get in the way of that <laughs> and cause problems. But it's the, but ultimately, you know, when you know all religions talk about the love of each other and sharing with each other and being, you know, and the, we're brothers with each other. Most religions, that when you get to the core of virtually all religions, they're all talking about universal intelligence and innate intelligence. You know, when you get all the way down to it, and they all have different names, but it's all the same. And it all, they all talk about love and taking care of each other. 
And so I, does that answer your question some? I, I started to drift there, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, you kind of answered, but it's a little confusing for me, like to think about like a, a virus, trying to think about other people. I think it has innate intelligences, right? Sure, a virus does and it's trying to survive. Yeah. And it has and to survive. Yeah. And uh, thinking about the, I think it, maybe it's the law of, law of life, right? What we do, we are gonna pay on the end. Maybe something about it. Well, if there's a, here's a, if, if you want to talk about viruses, you know, because <laughs> I think it all, no, no, that's good. It's it, there's all, it's all part of a plan. And in reality, when you see often when you see epidemics or pandemics of viruses you, where do they where are the areas that are most affected is usually big cities and concentrated populations almost overpopulated often and it's a, it, the viruses may be a, a part of the plan to you know and it sounds cold but it's you know if you think it's about thinning the herd, it's about decreasing an over an over overpopulation, and it may be you know part of a cycle to you know to allow a, a, a settling or or a change in the in the population. It's not and again it's a universal force that may be unsolicitous. You know, and that, to us intelligently, we are affected by the oh, all my friends are all these people I know died, or there's or the media plays out the number of people that are dying. In reality, when you look at this particular virus, the the percentage of people dying is not any more is not any more than than a lot of other viruses and flus that are around. But it's the fact that it's new, and so it's killing more people at one in a in a short period of time. Well, there have been books and papers written about that exact thing throughout history and you know one of my degrees is in international relations i have a minor in european history and in european history that's one of the things of studying these cycles of virus and it's usually at the sort of at the peak of a of a um what do you call it a a kingdom or a, a cycle of a rule when things get very very populated and very complicated and it's not able to sustain itself something like that happens and then things normalize again and it's really interesting. I'd love to find that book again. I've been thinking about it for a long time since you said that. But there have been a lot of, lot of research studies done about that exact thing, Alan. You know, when we talk about really is about that universal force, intelligence are manifested as physical laws. You know, when people say, people often say that universal intelligence is destructive and innate intelligence are constructive. And I don't buy that. That's not something I, I use. Um, does anybody have any light, enlightenment about those things? Well, it's, I mean, it says clearly here that it should, that, that the you know, student must not conclude from this that universal intelligence is maliciously destructive. It's not maliciously destructive. There may be destruction involved when the hurricane comes through or a flood comes through. But that's or the just, breakdown of the body. The body is going to decay. Someone said, you know, I'm not dying. I'm like, well, we're all dying eventually. You know, today in the office, we're all breaking down ourselves in normal process. When we get a, a, a fever process or whatever, 
um, the adaptive forces are minimalized and ultimately bacteria and virus want to bring us back into an energetic exchange with the earth. But our innate forces, when they're stronger in our immune system, bring us back above that. Some are not going to make it. More will. So, uh, yeah, that's my thought on it. And sometimes the innate has to uh, be destructive to clear the body from these bad things that are happening, right? Innate isn't destructive. Um, innate is, innate is, it, is it, it, it adapts the universal forces to that come into it, into the body. Well, innate so, does you know, have but innate does have destructive, it has to break down cells. We're breaking down three to four million cells a minute, exchanging them with new ones. So there are some destructive processes that it needs to do, right? Um, but it's all for the betterment of the unit as a whole. The whole, the body as a whole, it's for the benefit of that being living within you. And, you know, when people say they have autoimmune diseases, I said, usually it's, there's probably been another factor causing that because the body always wants the best for you. Um, you know, sometimes it goes the other way. Who knows why? Some people blame it on vaccines. But, uh, you know, ultimately the innate wants the best for you. And then, of course, the people around it. And I think people are healing. Some people put off healing energy. You know, Alan, you've been in practice long enough. And you, Dave, and Marina, too. People walk in and say, you know, I was feeling terrible until I got out of the car to come in to see you. And I started feeling great. Maybe I should leave. <laughs> you know, well, you started, when did the adjustment begin? Probably the moment you started thinking of us, right? And the body said, hey, we're getting adjusted. I'm gonna, I, I know we're going to be better. We're much more functioning at a higher level, right? And even sometimes people can heal you because... Uh, these days I was with a lot of headache and this person came in and suddenly my headache went out. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> and I said that to her. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're healing with each other. We're healing on this phone. We don't have to be in the same room and heal. I think you can heal. And the, and the acknowledgement of that, Marina, is important, and that's good because the more you acknowledge that you see that happen and know that it can happen, allows it to happen more. Great. Fantastic. Any closing statements for anybody? Want any clarity? God, are we done already? We're done already. We got a lot. We went through a that lot. It was quick. That was quick stuff. With a concise group like this, we really get a lot done. We went through some really some deep concepts, you know? Um, it, it's a, you know, this is our fighting weight right here. We're doing well. We're doing well. And we got Dave, where are you right now? You look like you're in a hospital. What's <laughs> where are you right now? Is that Walmart? EVS. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> He's getting awesome. the drugs. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, uh, you know, my uh, Lipitor, Percocet, Demerol, and all that other stuff. Oh, good. There you go. I no, but I will good. say, I will say, one of the things with uh, universal intelligence versus innate intelligence is that obviously, when the innate intelligence leaves the body and the person's pronounced dead, so to speak, that the universal forces 
become destructive in nature and then the human body deteriorates and then the body is no longer no longer is able to adapt and obviously it disintegrates but with the universe with the innate intelligence in the body it's able to adapt to universal forces you know for the benefit of survival gravity ultraviolet rays and you know different things like that and i think that what she was asking uh the young lady was does does the innate intelligence is it so advanced where it can protect other people and i would have to say no i would say the innate intelligence is only designed for the structure in which it's in like a tree's not gonna a tree's innate intelligence isn't a, a tree is not going to grow to protect another tree you know it's um now you know you, got, you hit on a concept that bj talked about that i've had a lot of discussion with some old dudes one of my mentor mentors was at clearview his name was clarence jensen and we had this conversation about where bj thought innate intelligence began and he said it began at birth and you know my thought really is the innate that separate innate starts at conception yeah. Not at birth, where BJ actually mentioned, you know, that innate really begins at birth um, because of sort of what Dave was saying. But where that's a protection, you're prote- a mother is going to protect that baby at all costs the best she can innately has that mission to do so. But, yeah, that's where we're getting some fine points. I like that, Dave. Thank you very much. Yeah, that yeah was- you know, the- <laughs> thank you. Yeah, the, the innate intelligence uh not only protects the baby when the mother is pregnant but the innate intelligence is designed to protect the spinal cord that's why the the body goes into spasm when when the innate intelligence think that a certain level of the spinal cord is being compromised for protection you know the innate intelligence is always in a homeodynamic process i don't think the innate intelligence in the human body has favoritism towards a fetus inside of it more than it does its own heart, liver, lungs, pancreas, or something like that. I don't think it, I don't think innate intelligence gives, gives favoritism. Well, I think it's just. Where, where would you go with when having something like when a, a mother is protecting a baby, right? I think part yeah. of that is her innate is expressing that as her individual coming out through matter. And I think it does have protective forces, not necessarily all the time. Most of its job is in constructive force. Well, isn't the mother protecting the baby, the educated mind? I don't know. I, I, that's, I think that's, I think it's an innate process. I think it's something that we just innately do when we see a child. I think that I, I think, well, I think that goes to a couple of things there. One, I think that probably the mother's innate does on some level work to protect the, the infant, but I think that the infant has its own innate from conception, as you said, it's also working as part of the process of the development and, the, and of the body. And that the innate in the mother will only protect it so far. If the mother becomes at risk, too much at risk because of something with the baby, then the baby is what gets sacrificed, not the mother, most of the, the vast majority of the time. True. True. Yeah. And I think that, uh, and not to argue with you, Dave, but there's a, but as far as trees go, they're now finding that the trees do nurture their young and they'll send roots out to support the, the young that are close by and they, and trees communicate 
with each other when they're being attacked by insects and 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 it's it's an interesting there Isn't is some amazing? sharing going on there so, all right so, everybody let's wrap it up and uh you know next tuesday same bat time same bat channel same chiropractic um we're on principle 11 we're going to be in principle 12 correct 12 right Okay. Interference with transmission of universal force is next. And I have this video and, and last week's to still post. I haven't posted them yet and gotten them up. It's still a little bit of work to do, but uh, we'll get them up there. All right. Have a good night. I'm glad we have our dream team right here. All right. This, this is great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Good night, guys. Marina, thanks for being here. Thank you, guys.